Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Today we're talking about the power of radio for public sector. As a former broadcast journalist, I understand the role that radio plays in public interest messaging. Right now in Ireland in 2021, 81% of the population are tuning in every day to radio. That represents 3.2 million people. And in fact, 72% are tuning in aged 15 to 34. Today we hear from radio on the front line of COVID-19 and the impact that they've had in upholding the truth and spreading important public health information. We also find out how radio pairs perfectly with digital and the innovative campaigns that are being produced at a national, a regional and a local level. So if you are spending marketing budget for your government or public sector agency, Stay tuned. If anything has taught us anything over the last 12 months is that the power of radio has really helped us during COVID-19. In 2021, 81% of the population are tuning into radio every day. That's 3.2 million people. And in fact, if we go to 15 to 34-year-olds, that number is holding off at 72%. Today, I'm delighted to host this event in conjunction with Learning Wave Skillnet. And we'll hear from Teresa Hanratty presently. We'll also hear from radio on the front line during COVID-19, national, regional, and local, and from right across stations and agency as well. As a public sector marketing professional, you'll understand the importance of getting return on investment on your marketing and advertising. But today we want to bring you behind the scenes of campaigning in 2021, how you can integrate radio and digital, but also how you can leave a lasting impact in the mind of the public. The number two social media trend in 2021 is actually the rise of disinformation. Three consecutive studies in 2021 showed that radio in Ireland is a trusted medium. You've all heard it from me before, guys. The number one currency in the digital age is trust and transparency. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. So uh, let's get going. Let's start uh, by hearing from the Learning Wave Skillnet and hearing from its project manager, Teresa Hanratty. I've been fortunate enough to be working with Teresa over the past four years, um, working with station staff, agency staff on digital for radio. One of my favourite topics is a former broadcast journalist. Uh, so Teresa, the stage is yours. Good morning, everybody, and thank you very much, Joanne. You're all very welcome here to our event this morning, which, as Joanne said, is brought to you in collaboration with the Public Sector Marketing Institute and Learning Waves. As Joanne said, my name is Teresa Hanrushi, and I am the project manager with Learning Waves. And just to set the scene, I want to tell you the story about Learning Waves. It is the training and development organisation for the independent commercial radio sector. Established in 2004, following a training needs analysis that was conducted by the industry regulator, the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, 
And following this study, the industry had the foresight to come together to pool its resources to design and deliver training programs to develop the people across the sector and to grow and sustain the industry. Funding was sought from Skillnet Ireland, an organisation that many of you will be familiar with on this call this morning in 2004, and it was granted for a nine-month period. Funding was matched by the sector at the time, and I guess you could say the rest is history. As through continued funding from Skillnet Ireland and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, the sector has invested 4.5 million in the training and development of its people since 2004. And over 7,000 people have engaged in training and development opportunities with us, resulting in the delivery of 28,000 training days across the sector over the last number of years. In parallel to the delivery of training for people who are working in the sector, Learning Waves also supports the development of new talent and the education of young people in the area of media literacy. Through the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, the sector developed a journalism graduate programme in 2019, which saw five graduates placed in five different radio stations for a period of five months. Such was the success of that programme that we have secured funding to roll out that programme with 10 students in 2021, and we hope to launch that programme in the end of March of this year. In addition to this, we educate TY students in relation to media literacy. And as Joanne mentioned earlier, something that has never been more important as it is now with the rise of fake news and false information. And we as an industry and as a training body for that industry are committed to sharing our skills and expertise with the next generation. I guess like all sectors, public and private, the radio sector is not without its challenges. Most obvious of all at the moment is COVID-19. And were it not for that, we would, I have no doubt, be in a hotel room somewhere uh, presenting this talk to you and where we would have the opportunity to meet with you for some lunch or a cup of coffee afterwards. But prior to COVID-19, we all saw the economic recession. And on top of all that, the birth and exponential growth of social media. I remember running an event in 2007 in relation to text messaging and the impact that that would have on how people were engaging with the sector and with radio. And little did we know at that time the phenomenon that Facebook would become and the onset of many, many social media platforms as following from 2007. But being the resilient, adaptable and flexible sector that it is, radio meets all of the challenges it faces by being proactive, by being forward thinking, and above all, by investing in its people to future-proof the sector. In parallel to this, there is a relentless move by Learning Waves to continue to source and work with the top trainers and experts in each of these areas that require development on an ongoing basis. By doing this, the skills base and knowledge base across the sector is such that radio can adapt to the changing economic and customer needs at any given time. New skills in the sector means new ideas, new opportunities, new stories to be told, and creative and dynamic ways to get your message out to 3.2 million people on a daily basis. Like all of you, Learning Waves adapted quickly in 2020 to remote working and working with trainers like Joanne Sweeney to design training to be as effective online as it would be if it were being delivered in the classroom. And we did that successfully, albeit it had its challenges, and like many of you this morning, we are continually adapting and continually working on best methods and best practices to make the experience for our learners the best that it can be. Just a snapshot in 2020, we delivered a multitude of 
learning and training programs right across the sector. We, we design certificates, diplomas, partnerships with third level institutes and develop new training programs across the sector. From core skills delivered, including voice training, broadcast law, a copyright training, HR and employment legislation to multimedia and digital skills, including our certificate in digital marketing for radio, followed on by a diploma in social media, a diploma in creative radio advertising and right across the way to podcasting and all of the elements that combine to make radio a multi multimedia offering at the moment. The sector is equipped to provide you with creative opportunities to tell your story, to amplify your brand and to connect you with many, many audiences on a daily basis across the country. We work with all of the independent radio stations in Ireland, as you will see on the slide, from local to regional to national, from Cork to Donegal to Galway to Louth and back to Kerry. And as the saying goes, we've got it covered. The success of Learning Waves is not only due to the fact that we work with all of the radio stations across the independent radio sector, but in conjunction with this, we work with the sales houses, IRS, Media Central and Urban Media, whom you'll hear from later this morning, who are the national sales houses for the radio sector. We also have a close working relationship with the industry regulator, the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland and Skillnet Ireland who provide the funding on an annual basis to match that provided by the sector to deliver our training and development programs on an ongoing basis. I want to thank you for the opportunity this morning and it's great to have so many of you on board with such a representative group. I know that we have people here from right across the public sector, including the HSC. We have many um, ITs, universities, we have got the county councils, we've got MADS, we've got Chagas, we've got Science Foundation, we've fire and rescue services to name but a few, and many of our colleagues from across the media sector. I know that for the next 30 minutes you will hear how radio has connected, engaged with, informed, entertained, and above all has been a trusted companion to so many people over the last year, a year when they needed it most. And you will hear how radio has done this using a multimedia approach from on air to online and by simply being wherever their audiences are on all platforms. So to start our session on the power of radio for brand messaging, I'm delighted to introduce you to Patricia Monaghan, who is the station editor with News Talk, a national station based in Dublin, but broadcasting across every facet of this country. And Patricia will showcase the power of national radio for brand messaging. Over to you, Patricia. Thank you, Teresa, and thanks to you and Joanne for inviting me to talk about a subject that's very close to my heart, the power of talk radio. Um, in News Talk, we make 18 hours of it every day, so a passion for it is an absolute must. Um, but the power that the medium has is something that becomes very apparent every day, and most definitely not least in the last 12 months. Obviously, around this time last year, everyone's world got thrown into disarray. Um, but as we've navigated our way through that, the role of radio has never been more um, obvious or important, whether it be in giving people information that they need to navigate the pandemic, whether it be listening to people who've experienced um, COVID-19 directly, or those who have been affected either via their businesses, um, their children, their schooling, their jobs. Um, the power of talk radio has never been more apparent. But when you think about that power and where it comes from, in my view, it's all about storytelling. It's about talk radio's ability 
to find the story and the storyteller who can bring whatever the topic home to the audience and who can make them understand it and feel it in a way that they may not have um, previously. And it does that by being an intimate medium, um, by being a trusted medium, and by being a medium that people are willing to tell their stories on and to engage in. I'm gonna play you a clip now of one story where I think um, this is very obvious. I'm not gonna lie, it's not the most comfortable of listening, but have a listen, I hope it proves my point. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, it was two o'clock in the morning, and um, Lisa was gone from the bed, and I heard the shower, and I just looked at the bed next to me and there was blood. And um, I went into the bathroom, and she was in the shower. She was, she was actually more calm than I would have expected. Yeah. Um, what, 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 yeah, what, what kind of got me was when I went to the bathroom, um, on the floor, it was, you could see the sack, if that makes sense. You, oh, could, yeah. you could actually see it. And I didn't know what to do. Um, um, so I, 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 you know, I kind of scooped up the blood and stuff on the floor and, and cleaned it up. And you don't realize what you're doing at the time. You're just kind of cleaning up a mess and you're trying to make it easier. Um, then you realize that you've you've disposed of what would have been, if you know what I'm saying. It's kind I, of um, I do know what you're saying. Yeah, and you you just kind of threw it away without thinking in the moment. Does that make sense? When, when that happened the second time, um, there is like it was it was my wife's pain and my wife's suffering, and I was just kind of there to make sure she was okay. So that interview went on and continued to be just as powerful. But I think you can see clearly from just that 60 seconds um, that that gentleman made that story relevant to people who may not have considered it relevant to them before. He made people think about fertility in a different way um, and from a different perspective. And he, I suppose, and for me, that's what radio is all about. It's about pulling that string in people's heart that makes them feel the story or pricking that piece of their mind that makes them think about something differently. He was able to do that on radio because of the intimacy, the honesty and the authenticity of the medium. Because he trusted us to tell his story and he trusted the community that he was um, talking to to provide companionship for him while he told that story. And most of all, we had the expertise and the skill to allow him to tell that story in a safe environment. And that for me is the power of talk radio. Now that power really comes into its own when you consider the audience that are listening to it. And Joanne referred to it at the top, there's 81% of the adult population in Ireland listening to radio every day, that's 3.2 million. Independent radio um, cover, accounts for 2.5 million of that, and that's 70% of all daily listening. We also have a significant portion of the under 45 audience and are very important when it comes to getting a message out to that audience. And people still listen to radio for a whopping chunk of their day, three hours, 23 minutes per person um, of focused listening to radio. So without doubt, we can say Irish people love radio. And not only that, as you can see on the right hand side of the slide, radio holds up really strongly compared to all of the other media that we've become more and more familiar with. At 81%, it's second only to TV in terms of the consumption. 
And as Joanne has referred to, it is the most trusted medium. At 79% in a recent Ipsos MRBI poll, it and TV are considered as trustworthy as one another. But with radio, you don't just get radio listeners. You get a whole gamut of other audiences because we have, as Teresa has outlined, embraced digital media, embraced social media, and we have, and we use all of those platforms to get to a wider audience. So in News Talk, for example, yes, you have 804,000 every week. Yes, you have 426,000 every day. And under 55, 60% of those are under 55. But you also have access to an audience who listen to 5.1 million streams every month. We have 2.4 million page views per month on our website. And we have a social reach across all platforms of 29.7 million. We also provide news service to 27 stations around the country, which means when you broadcast on News Talk, you have direct access to that 2.5 million of independent radio service. So the offer is much wider than just the radio audience listening to FM. And I, that's an important point too. They're listening well beyond FM at this point via mobile, via app, via smart speakers. Um, we are moving to other platforms and they are coming with us because our products are strong and they value them that much. So how can you leverage that power for your brand or the messages you're trying to deliver to an audience? Let me give you a couple of case studies just to, to illustrate. So this one is the No Excuses campaign, which we ran in conjunction with the Department of Justice um, early last year. And the idea here was to try and give people a sense, give the public a sense of what actually constitutes sexual violence and abuse um, and where it exists casually in society. So once again, this was all about stories. Have a listen to this. I remember going to a football match and we were in Crow Park and Dublin were playing and there's 80,000 people in Crow Park and I'm the loneliest person because I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be with him because I knew what was going to happen that night. You anticipated there was violence coming because of... The sporting occasion, the drinking. The drinking. The drinking and his ego. And it got worse when I got pregnant. He threw a vase at me when I was pregnant, put me into early labour. Obviously, it was too early for my daughter to be born. So they injected steroids into Amy into her liver, kidneys and heart. So they stopped us. And Priscilla, was it fear that kept you there? I'll tell you probably what kept me there, embarrassment. And you know what? I still loved him. And around stories like that, we were able to build a campaign that brought home the issue to our listeners. So as you can see there from the slide, it included features across all our primetime programmes coming from various different angles associated with the campaign. Um, it involved some coverage across our weekend schedule and also on Off the Ball on our Saturday show, on our sports show, which obviously accessed a different audience than the primetime schedule. But it didn't only exist on air. It existed on social and in video. So we created these videos, one with Cleena Sadler from the Rape Crisis Centre, another with Nolene Blackwell, um, to support the campaign. And they would have been shared and pushed out across our social channels. In addition to that, everything was podcast. There were articles written and all the stats around the campaign were shared on social, which you can see in the next few slides. And in this case, we were able to leverage 
the strength of the network of stations here in Communicore. So we were also able to, as I said, um, include some of the campaign on Off the Ball, but also on Spin and Spin Southwest, which gave access for the campaign to a different audience. So as you can see, the gamut of um, content was um, wide. That's our website as well. There was content on our website. So that's one example of a case study where you can, and how you can get a message across via radio. Just to give you a quick, a, a second case study just before I finish, it's a very simple and straightforward one, but I think it shows how simple it can be and how it can, um, I suppose, meet the requirements of the time. So this was a study, we, uh, this was a campaign we ran with the local enterprise office before Christmas. And as you all know, businesses were closed before Christmas. There was no opportunity for retail from a um, shopping perspective. So what we did on the Pat Kenny show was we featured a different business every day in association with the local enterprise office to encourage people to shop local and to look for local. Again, this was replicated across all our social channels and shared all the businesses that were featured were shared in articles, podcasts, pictures, a video, and there was plenty of opportunity for consumers to engage with them across a wide variety of platforms. And there was a hub on our website where we featured all the businesses together so that people could go and see um, what the uh, businesses were offering. So they're just a couple of examples and there are plenty more, but hopefully it gives you some sense of what the possibilities are around talk radio and how radio can deliver impact for your message or your brand. So we're going from news talk at a national level and we're going across the country to Radio Kerry. Uh, having come from local radio, I know the power of local radio because if it happens in your county, you go straight to local radio first. So to talk about the power of local, uh, please welcome uh, Fiona Stack, who is General Manager of Radio Kerry. Hello, everyone. Thanks for the opportunity to take part. Um, it's um, a, a very um, interesting medium to work in. Um, I think all of us that work in it are passionate about it and are very closely connected to the communities in which we work. Radio Kerry has been on air 30 years, so most of the local stations in Ireland are established from around 1990. We have a market share of 54% in Kerry, which compares to our next nearest competitor, RTE1, on 19.5%. So you'll find in most counties around Ireland, the local station is probably the market leader in its own area. We have a weekly reach of 72% of all radio listeners in Kerry. And Radio Kerry also owns Shannon Side Northern Sound radio station, which broadcasts to five counties in the Northeast. Uh, I suppose the thing about working in local radio is that we live the same lives as our listeners. If there's a problem with roads or a school closure or um, redundancies in a, a local business or something like that, our presenters, our news people, we're all um, you know, living the same life in the same areas, dealing with the same issues. We're absolutely and unashamedly proud of all things Kerry, particularly when it comes to Kerry being in an All-Ireland or Kerry competing for something. 
we don't have to hide our, our colours. Um, we're there for the good days and the bad days and for the long haul. And I think businesses that work with us appreciate that. So we're there for when Kerry is celebrating. We're there for the sad times and the tragedies. And while the national media can descend on Kerry for a story uh, and go afterwards, maybe without having to deal with the full implications and fallout of what happens, Radio Kerry is there for the long haul through all of it. We're hopefully a trusted source of information. And Radio Kerry's tagline right from the beginning has been the voice of the kingdom. We see ourselves uh, as a means by which Kerry people really tell their own story and their own words and their own ways, we simply facilitate it. So in terms of local news, uh, Reuters did a digital news report last year, which was interesting. So it took a look at whether people were interested in local news and um, it showed that 87% of those surveys said they were interested in local news from their area. 82% said they would miss their local radio station or local radio website as a source of news. And interestingly, while there might be concerns that young people are moving away from traditional media, it showed that 70% of them are still interested in news from their local area. And that got even higher to 80%, 25 to 34, right up to 94%. So that just might be useful information for you to have if you're planning a campaign um, to target your ads either on radio or on social media around news content because it is something that pulls people in still. So last year we were doing some presentations for local sales clients here in Kerry in January before the world changed and we thought we can give them all those statistics about our market share and our weekly reach but some of it maybe is a bit industry and it'll go over their head and they won't you know recognize it so we thought the best way to show them that advertising on Radio Kerry works was to prove it. So we decided to place an ad on Radio Kerry and on our social media that could only be heard on Radio Kerry and that could only be found on our social media. So we came up with a thing for um, a, a mystery hotel guest. So we um, put this audio out on air. You've heard of secret shoppers. Well, we're looking for secret hotel residents. A luxury Kerry hotel is looking for individuals and families willing to be their guests free of charge. You'll have full access to the hotel, spa and leisure facilities during your stay. And all we'd like you to do is provide feedback on the staff training, taste test the menus and review the services ahead of the upcoming tourist season. A limited number of places are available. But if you're interested, please email your details to infohotelkerry at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. So that Gmail address actually came back to Radio Kerry. And uh, we uh, didn't want to be accused of false advertising. So we did actually partner with a hotel in Kerry, the Dingle Skellig, who loved the idea and said that they would be willing to have somebody in their hotel as a mystery guest. Only the marketing manager would know and would place them there. So it went up, um, it went out on our ads on a Friday evening and up on our social media. And by later that night, that print may be too small for you to see, but we had over 3,000 replies within 24 hours of people wishing to take um, part. So again, we were able to, to use this then at our sales presentations. This is the only place people could have heard um, that, either the ad or the social media. It got a huge response, as I say, uh, one lucky um, family did get to be the mystery guest and the hotel in question offered a discount to everybody who took um, part uh, on it. So again, hopefully it showed that we're not we're not just throwing statistics at people. If you place an ad on Radio Kerry, it will get heard. And interestingly, the entries came from well outside Kerry, from Tipperary, from Cork, from abroad. Uh, everybody liked the idea of having a free weekend in a luxury hotel. Surprise, surprise. 
So when COVID hit last year, obviously there was a big uh, reorganization for ourselves as a business. We had to um, separate teams. We had to um, reorganize how we did it and what we did it. And, um, you know, we, we had to think then about the role that local radio should play during that. And we wanted to ensure that we step forward that we were there for all organizations and carried through that time. Uh, our phones, our social media never were busier with people coming our way with questions and concerns. And I suppose that was um, a compliment that people saw that we would give them reliable, relevant, trusted information locally. But we were very conscious um, that we, we were a source of information at that time that people um, were relaying to each other people and stuff like that. So the HSC ads are very powerful, very well scripted, very thorough in getting a message out. But we had a concern that after hearing them once or twice, people may um, become a little bit more immune to them. So we we created um, a, a campaign called Be the Voice, Heed the Voice. So we invited groups in Kerry to record their own COVID message. So they were given the opportunity, we worked with them, but they largely scripted them themselves to record a promo between uh, 30 seconds and a minute, offering their own um, advice and reassuring people. So this one was recorded by David Clifford on behalf of Kerry GAA. Radio Kerry, your essential voice in the kingdom. In Kerry, we are competitive. We like to top the league. But there is one table we want to come bottom of, and that's the daily announcements for the new number of COVID-19 cases. This is David Clifford on behalf of Kerry GA and Radio Kerry, asking you to step up for the county at this time. It's everyone's responsibility to keep others in Kerry safe and protect the most vulnerable in the kingdom. Wash your hands regularly, wear a mask, and keep a social distance at all times, and take seriously all the HSE advice about social gatherings and visiting people. If we work together on this, we can defeat it. When our communities come together, we're stronger than ever. Radio Kerry, proud to be your essential voice in the kingdom. So the campaign continued for about six months and overall over 50 groups in Kerry that ranged from the Samaritans to local tidy towns groups, to the students unions, to guards, to um, all kinds of the Rose of Tralee, all kinds of groups in Kerry took the opportunity to take part in it. And two or three different ones were rotated in and out every week. So we can't take the credit for it, but the COVID figures in Kerry have remained consistently among the lowest in the country. And I think it's because people took a collective sense of responsibility in terms of everything they did, the organisations they worked with, and that they, everybody, another one was recorded by a young man called Ian O'Connell, who some of you may know, he was paralysed in an accident in the National Park, but he's a very powerful speaker. And he recorded one talking about having spent time on a ventilator and that if you don't like wearing a mask, you're not going to like being on a ventilator when you get uh, COVID. So they were equally funny, reassuring. Um, they were just voices that people knew and the um, people, you know, valued the opportunity to be able to record them and to talk to each other through Radio Kerry. Uh, another thing that we did was when the restrictions went down to 2K, kilometres from your home in a county as beautiful as Kerry that doesn't need to be restrictive so we recorded a series called My 2K Kingdom where people told us what they could hear and see and do within their two kilometres and people outdid each other to tell us how beautiful it was and the story of places and stuff like that so it just tried to change the conversation from something that could be restrictive to not being restrictive. We are very conscious that our news and current affairs programmes have an awful lot to do with Covid in them uh, initially to begin with anyway 
because it just took over so many aspects of our life. So we wanted to be a reliable source of accurate, locally relevant information. But we also wanted to make sure we were a good companion and in other programs that we gave people a break from it, that we kept people on, that were on their own company, connected people, had some fun and um, good music and competitions and other things to give people a break. I suppose the power of radio during this time, which I'm sure the others will speak about too, is people didn't have to leave the house. We were just there. You turned us on. We were there. There was no charge. You didn't have to make a make a purchase of any nature. So if you had a campaign on um, Radio Kerry or other radio stations, there was no cost to the advertiser that you were trying to target or the group of people whose behaviour you were trying to influence. We were just there uh, all the time and um, free of charge to them. We're very conscious that we can affect the mood of a county. So even since January, we've been conscious that people are tired and weary. So we've put out a lot of promos that are more positive. Um, we have done things like um, we during the last recession, ever before COVID. Again, we were conscious that people were weary. So we created a fun sense of series of promos where we um, we predicted what how major movies might have been changed if the lead role had been played by a Kerry person and things like that. They just give people a little bit of break, have a little bit of fun. And we've been there throughout, hopefully, the last year for everybody involved in the county response teams, the fire brigade, the Gardaí, civil defence, uh, Kerry County Council, there the whole time to help them put out whatever message they, they want or need to and change it very quickly if something needs to be changed. We are creative. Most radio stations, we have sales uh, people, we have admin people, but about two thirds of the staff are people that are involved in programming and news and stuff like that. So they're creative by nature um, and they're across all age groups. So we have people that are 18 and we have people that are in their 80s and stuff like that. So we get different perspectives internally and we would frequently brainstorm if something like Christmas was coming up, we'd brainstorm ideas that would be good on radio and then talk to the sales team about, get, about them and maybe having a client who would sponsor some of them so that the content is good and is um, interesting to people. Less and less people are interested in straight ads with price and product. So people are looking for more creative things. So if you work with a radio station, whether that's national, local or regional, you'll find creative people there that will help you come up with solutions for whatever you're trying to target. So an example of this is we had a fish shop here in Kerry, a chain of fish shops called Quinlan's Fish, who wanted to target young families. Um, they wanted to encourage them to buy fish and stuff like that. So we could have done endless ads talking about the price of cod or fish fingers or, um, you know, whatever specials they had that week. But I remembered when I was in school, the most exciting thing that ever happened to us was when the bishop called and we, he gave us homework off. So we were all delighted to see him coming. So we created a homework off voucher with Quinlan's and that picture is Brendan from our afternoon show. So Brendan goes to schools in Kerry. They tell him what they are about at the moment. He's doing it uh, remotely by Zoom. They tell them about their exploits for the week. And at the end of the week, at the end of the interview, Brendan uh, will give them a homework off voucher, which is courtesy of Quinlan's, which has recreated the story of Quinlan's being a hero with school kids all over Kerry. But we get some good content out of it as well. Um, so it's worked from both points of views. Another client that we worked with is an optician in, in Tralee called Roger Harty. So he had a dilemma because he was slightly off the main centre of Tralee and people didn't necessarily go to him, but also he was in an area that didn't really have an address. So again, we could have done ads that were just, you know, uh, you know, glasses for eye tests or, or whatever. But we decided to make his problem um, part of the solution. And he, uh, he sponsored our afternoon show, which is called Talk About. So you have a listen. 
Talk more freely with Deirdre Walsh and talk about. See more clearly with Roger Harty Opticians. Where am I? In Borobitrally. Stand in front of Damodonals. Look across the road. If you can't see me, you need to see me. Roger Harty Opticians, Borobitrally. Remember, for your eye care, we care. So it just got a lot of talkability and a little bit of fun. The other thing is that at a local station, people, the trust works both ways. Hopefully people trust us, but then they trust us with their stories as well and to send them to them. So if anything, I think Joanne mentioned it as well, if anything happens in Kerry, generally people will come our way, whether that's a measles outbreak, whether it's an incident, whether it's something positive, good news or bad news. So this is probably one of the most recent ones that got a great hit on our social media. I'm not sure some of you might have seen it separately in the middle of all the floods and rain there about two weeks ago uh, Glenn Flesk GAA sent us in this If you want to play football down here in Kerry you better show up training no matter what the weather is You've got to be hungry for that ball and make sure you beat your opponent to it every time There's usually a photographer at the game so you can slick back your hair to look well for a photo so you can post it on Facebook afterwards of course You've got to be strong as well so you better work on your strength conditioning while you are training And of course on match day you put them all together and work your socks off What a point so that actually is Glen Flesk GA pitch under water um, in the last two weeks. So uh, we told them if they have any sense, they need to start using that now as a fundraising um, video for uh, to, to get their 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 pitch uh, properly drained. So um, as you can kind of tell, I think at this point, uh, Kerry people have a bit of a sense of humour about things and like um, that conversation to go. And it's made a big difference in the last year in terms of getting people through things and, you know, keeping this that top of mind with people as well. The times are stuck, tough, nothing is perfect. So people don't have to be either that, um, you know, just people support each other and get through it, keep everyone safe and we can rebuild whatever on the other side. In terms of digital, the, um, the pluses of radio and digital is that you get the impact of both. Uh, you have a trusted medium that's there 30 years that people know and interact with trust and um, uh, carry people even abroad, continue to interact with a lot of our text messages to a daily show. It uh, could be from Australia or America or anything like that. So we have digital and social media that people already know and trust. So instead of putting your campaign or your ad just out into cyberspace and hoping for the best, why not match it with somebody? that you know will deliver the message um, well and that will get to the people that you know and will come under a brand that people uh, are familiar with and already interact, interact with. Our website gets 1.4 million hits each month. We've 90,000 followers on Facebook. And we were identified in the last year by Google as one of the fastest growing websites and they're working with us in terms of ad placement and stuff like that. We can come up with solutions for you. Just let us know what your issue is and we're happy to work with people. Again, going back to the fact that we've been a creative team internally, we can turn campaigns around quickly, we can make them locally relevant and we can adapt them when needed. So we've worked with fire services in Kerry when there's gorse fire outbreaks. Um, you know, we've, we've um, worked with other groups who need to get a message out very quickly uh, and can use their own people locally to help voice and um, talk about what's going on. So I suppose the message I'd end with is just talk to us. We're here, we're not going anywhere. That's my email there. Happy to talk to anybody at any stage. And IRS is a sales house, IRS Plus, which sells all the local stations in Ireland as a collective, and they would be happy to talk to anybody at any point as well. So thanks for inviting us to take part. Uh, we're going to go back to Dublin and this time we're going to hear from Brian McCarthy on the power of radio to engage audiences cross-platform. Brian is the sales director of Urban Media. 
Thanks very much, Joanne. Uh, and Fiona, I'd keep that pitch. I think that could be the one that might stop Dublin doing seven in a row, so it might be worth holding on to. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you today about was the uh, the power radio to engage audiences from a commercial point of view. Um, and how I want to do that is take you through two different case studies. Uh, the first one, a kind of pure radio case study. The second one, one that layers our social and digital assets on top of the radio and I think brings some really, really interesting um, additions to that campaign. So uh, I suppose the question, what can radio do for you? Um, well, let's go back uh, to this time last year and look at what it did for the government around the launch of COVID, uh, or sorry, not the launch of COVID, but obviously COVID impacting the um, the country and how we had to, to launch a campaign around that. So if you can go on to the next slide, Joanne. Um, the government uh, used radio very, very heavily to get their messaging across. And there's a number of different reasons for that. You've obviously heard already about the omnipresence of radio, so much listening on a daily basis. I don't need to go into that again. Um, but the, the government chose across the period of March to August to run 23 campaigns on radio. Now, that made up just shy of 50% of their total spend over that period of time. Radio generally is a 15% medium. So when you consider that they spent uh, nearly half their money, that's a significant upweight in terms of how much they spent. And there's some really, really good reasons for that. Um, and, and if you remember back to that time, there was a lot of messages we had to get across. There was an education message, there was an information message, there was an action message, what, what people were needed to do. And there was a kind of a need for some reassurance as well. So the, the trust factor that's been spoken about was very, very important in that, but also the adaptability of radio. So the message wasn't always the same in every county. Some counties went into lockdown when others didn't. So the, the adaptability of radio to be able to create specific messaging. At one stage, there was a campaign that linked to the local council. So we were able to provide different information across every single sector of, of the radio industry. Uh, so for Cork, it was a Cork message for, for Kerry, it was a Kerry message and so on. And, and that adaptability is something that other media don't generally offer. Uh, and the, the speed of copy change, again, what was the right message on a Monday wasn't necessarily the right message by the following Thursday. The message had changed because the, the stats and the data had changed. And, the, and there was many a Friday night at half 11 after a government briefing where he received 90 second copy despite the fact that we didn't know what that copy contained, how long it was going to be, every radio station in Ireland was able to turn that around and have it on air the next morning. So that's the vital information that was needed to get out by government got out. Um, and did that work? Absolutely, it did. Uh, Cambridge Global Survey ranked Ireland the number one worldwide in COVID effective messaging over that period. And radio played an absolutely massive part in that. And that's a huge credit to, to the department um, of Taoiseach and John Cannon who looked after it. But as I said, I think, the choice of radio was a really, really key element in how impactful that campaign was. We move on to the next slide. As I mentioned, trust is a really, really key element in terms of, of why radio was used for that campaign. But as we can clearly see from the, from the um, slide, there's a big, big difference in terms of the trust levels around traditional media. So your radio, TV and newspapers and the newer social media. Again, there's been lots and lots of talk of misinformation and fake news and all that sort of stuff. But... We also know that there's significant audiences in Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and that our clients need to get to those audiences. So what we're going to look at in the next case study is how we can leverage that benefit of radio um, and, and kind of bring it into other assets. And how we need to do that, I think, first is to look at what a traditional radio sales house is now. So 
this is our graph where media put it the same, exactly the same would apply to Media Central or IRS, as Fiona's already mentioned as well. And I think the key point in this is, yes, FM spot is still a key part of our business. It will remain a key part of our business. It, it, it serves a really, really important purpose. But there are so many other layers that are delivered on a daily basis. I mean, we're creating video on a daily basis. Digital audio and podcast is a massive, massive growth area for us as a business, not just for the content that we create, but also for client content. You can be the content owner now. You can create your own content. We can do that for you and we can put it out to our channels to promote it. Uh, we can create digital audio campaigns that are so targeted that you can get right down to specific areas, specific uh, desires that people have, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really, really targeted. One of the things that radio may have been criticized before in the past. There's obviously the digital web stuff. There's on street when we're back allowed to do that sort of thing and driving big footfall into certain areas. Um, but some of the kind of areas that mightn't be as obvious are things like Insight. And since lockdown, I mean, we've we've spent an awful lot of time on Insight because clients just haven't known what to do. The goalposts have changed on a daily and weekly basis. And we've been there, I suppose, with the answers. We've crafted campaigns for clients. We've been able to inform them that, you know, certain things will go down well. Reassurance messages are important. Don't go for the screaming sale ads because that's not what people want to hear at the moment. They want to know you're there for them. And so on and so forth. And we've used worldwide insight. We've used our own internal insights. Um, and, and it's been really, really important to help clients and just reassure them that they're spending in the right areas. And then creative. We've, we've a creative team in-house uh, across our, our newspaper and radio business that rivals any creative uh, in the world. And you'll see some of the work they've done um, in, the, in the next case study. And that creative lens to all these areas brings them all together in a create in a creative campaign, really, really important. And last thing I'll say on this slide is that solutions, you know, we have people there all day long. Their job is to take your brief because no one size fits all. So they will find out what you want to achieve, what you need to achieve, and uh, and help create that campaign for you. So moving on to the next slide, we're going to look at one of those campaigns that came in uh, and ran in October of last year across across our network of stations. Um, so it was created by ourselves and studio who are a creative team and it was around the mental health minute. So the brief for this campaign on the next slide is um, very simple. I mean, it's very, very obvious. Obviously, as, as we were all locked down, as people's habits changed, we couldn't socialize as, as we previously would have. There was a real concern, a concern that still stands today about people's mental health and how we could you know, help people get through that, particularly people who are isolated and, and, and are maybe living on their own and lonely. And what the HSE wanted to make sure they did was to generate awareness around their really, really good website, yourmentalhealth.ie, and to ensure that people knew there was a resource there for them if they needed to um, to get further information. So we kind of, I suppose, took a two-tier approach to it. On the next slide, you'll see what we did on air. And on air was always going to play a massive part of this because of the trust in local radio and because of the reach it could deliver for us. So what we did is we created... Um, around the themes that they wanted to cover. So we got, we got the areas good. So things like, you know, how do I communicate online? You know, I, I'm so used to communicating face-to-face. -face. Things like sleep, healthy eating, exercise. What can I do to help me through this next period of time where I know I'm going to be in lockdown? But not only do we just take those themes and create one 60-second piece for Mental Health Minute, we decided then to bring it into all the various different levels. So we created... Uh, copy that was specific to each of the stations and simple things like for example in Cork where we know it's a hurling capital or a camogie capital we you could just bring in those elements to make it feel more personal talk about you know get out and get, get out and kind of put put a slitter against a wall whatever it might have been just to bring it home that it felt like it was much much closer to them 
uh, but also speak in the station voices. So use the station talent and speak in a voice that the listener was used to listen to from the station. Um, and we can play one example of, of what that sounds like now. If we could play the Mental Health Minute from FM 104 and the HSE. Lockdown. You know, I'm really fed up of hearing that little expression. Those two seemingly innocuous little words must be my least loved phrase of 2020. And hey, there was plenty of competition too. As for circuit breaker and fire break, it was like a whole new language. We all know what they really mean. We're entering the no crack zone again. But this time, minus the sunshine, the spring flowers and the sound of birds in the background. But hey, autumn's not too bad. And what we do have is each other. Right here on the radio, on the other end of a text, a DM, a WhatsApp group, or an old-fashioned phone call. Do you remember them? And look, whatever we call the next few weeks, we will get through it if we rally around and check in on each other. If you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety or any mental health problem, visit yourmentalhealth.ie for information on a range of supports and services that can help. So again, a tone there very much with the younger audience of FM 104, the tone for the likes of, of Galway Bay or WLR would have been would have been very different to that. Um, now, in terms of where things got interesting from a, a digital and social point of view, so we knew there was a, a mental health issue, but we didn't exactly know what people wanted or people needed. So we used our social, uh, and the first part of the campaign was to actually ask. So we put out the question, what do you want to know about? Do you want to know about diet? Do you want to know about exercise? Do you want to know about how to help others be a better listener? What can you do? So that's really, really rich data that we got back from our listenership and our social audiences was able to inform the rest of the campaign. And because we took that step over the first week, what we were able to do then was create a campaign, which you see on the next slide, that you had experts from each of the various different areas. You had an expert in diet, you had an expert in uh, sleep, you had an expert in exercise, you had an expert in, in, in anxiety. And what they were to do was give short one minute videos with tips just to say, okay, this is what you can do in, in a way that you know was really, really easy to digest for the audience. And again, we've shortened the clip here, but I'll just give you one idea. Hi, my name is Kira O'Keefe. I'm a principal psychologist working in the HSC with young people who experience mental health difficulties. I'm here to share with you some tips that will help you reduce your screen time. Okay, so again, um, they would have they would have given a bit more information in, in kind of real life. And again, off the back of that, what we then built was a further education gallery. So simple, simple tips in a in an easily digestible way on our social media, just talking about how to be a good listener, paying attention, having patience how to talk to people to make sure they're all right. Everyone in Ireland says, I'm fine. How do you get behind that by kind of asking an open question to find out a bit more? All those tips that were really, really beneficial in terms of trying to get it across. And at all times, every single part of it pointed back to the um, to HSE site, um, yourmentalhealth.e, because that's where the resource was. Um, lastly, um, that was all information-based. So to, to drive further engagement, we wanted to bring our presenters in. And what better way to do that than to kind of have the, you know, um, don't the, don't do as they say, do as they do is obviously a bad way. So they actually got them involved and said, right, you know, take on a challenge and be that challenge taking on 10,000 steps a day or cycling in out of work or whatever it was, the exercise, putting away your phone. The presenters were able to put out a, 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 over a period of weeks short videos that again just encouraged everyone else to get up off the couch and do it because that's exactly what they were doing. And that was the piece of content that really, really drove 
um, organic engagement because again it's the present Hello there we've teamed up with the HSC for mental health awareness my challenge to myself for the week cycle to and from work I'm hoping I'll sleep better eat better and definitely not be as cranky on that morning shift I'll keep you up to that's one of Damon's colleagues so he'll be able to tell you whether it worked or not uh, when, he, when he's on next after you but again just getting them involved and, and just encouraging the people out there who um you know, to, to take it on themselves and just to make sure they're looking after their mental health and that by seeing these people who are kind of, you know, established celebrities within your area looking after their mental health, it meant that we might encourage more people to look at them. So uh, a really, really good example of radio and social and digital working together. Um, I suppose the ultimate sign of success uh, is that the campaign will run again in April and, and will be spread out over even more stations. Uh, it is unfortunate that it's still required, but I think uh, it, it's a real positive that we're able to deliver help in that area. So some final thoughts on uh, on on radio and, and what it can do. I mean, audio is in a really really exciting place right now. Um, I think it's experiencing a similar kind of revolution to what TV, video, likes of YouTube has previously. I mean, you hear about things like Clubhouse at the moment, which is a huge um, invite-only social media sector, just purely around audio. You look at the investment that uh, has been put into the technology around smart speakers and getting them into people's homes. You look at the uh, investment that people like Spotify have put into the podcasting area and more recently uh, you look at the investment that a big European media company has put into Irish Radio with the recent purchase of Communicore by Bauer it's a really really exciting space to be in and it's a place that people want to be um, and that can only be a positive for advertising it is the original influencer uh, be that back to the days when people used to write letters into people like Gay Byrne to find out what to do with their problems to an era now where uh, we can obviously do that in a much, much more efficient manner by having a, um, you know, a, a two-way conversation across our social channels or across WhatsApp, and you know, informing the show's content on a daily basis by the by the interaction with the audience. So that's a, a, a massive um, point on it. It's also an influencer that's trusted, which can be a, a factor with some influencers. Um, again, back to the point. Radio is far more than just a thirty-second spot on air now, and I'd encourage everyone to examine more than just booking the traditional 21 spot package whatever it is because there is so much more that can be offered and you will get way way more for your campaign in terms of a return um that leads on to digital you know providing more targeting and engagement opportunities radio has sometimes been criticized for not being able to communicate how effective it is or show its return on investment with digital targeting and 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 um the amount of information we can get back from from our audiences now through the, the digital channels are listening to and they are listening to them more and more particularly as, as people are working from home you get much more detail on how your campaign has has acted with with the audience so that's a really really important one particularly if you have to justify it to the likes of your financial controller uh, and then finally just a reminder you can be the content owner as well as available the great on-air content um I'd encourage anyone to, to look at the creation of audio. I mean, we have an awful lot of digital specific products now. Um, you know, one, one very quick example, we created a podcast series for Nala called I Can't Find My Glasses um, and we promoted it on air. So they wanted to get a bigger message and let people understand fully, but then tease it on air so that the people you need to bring it further can go and they can have a very, very easy listen because obviously they have potential challenges in terms of, of being able to read and write. They can listen to what they need to do and that content can really do a lot of things it can inform it can educate it can engage and it can entertain uh, and you can own it and be associated with your brand or your department or whatever it might be so a really uh, good way to fulfill the needs that you have for your business and that's me thank you
Okay, so we're going now to the sunny southeast, and we're going to hear from the very front line of radio, and uh, we're going to hear from the presenter of Jesha Today down on WLRFM and Damien Tiernan. But before you hear from him live, we're going to take you into his studio and behind the mic. Before we sign off for today, I'd like people to maybe stop what they're doing for a second. Turn off to Hoover. Stop typing. See if you agree with this. I'm a straight talker. This is a straight talking program. It's a way of getting to the truth on a radio station which has your interests at heart. I'm a man to stir it up when necessary, have the crack when we can. You tell me, I'll tell them. And we want this show to become a tribune of the people for Waterford and surrounding counties. We want your news, your comments, your opinion. With me, what you see is what you get. I'll be building on the foundation stones of trust, honesty and integrity for which this show is famous today. And during the week, we've had stories of heartbreak, loss, suffering, hope, happiness, everyone wanting to do what they can to move Waterford forward. We want everybody who listens to this show to smile, to growl, to get angry, to be inspired, to want to fight for a better future for us all. This is public service broadcasting at real, local, independent level with income only from advertising. Join me and producers Jennifer and Michael and Des and all the brilliant staff here on that journey every day. WLR like all local independent radio stations, more than just a radio station, an inspirational vehicle for change, part of what we call Waterford Rising. Thank you. Talk to you in the morning on Dacia Today. So, Damien, over to you. Um, just give us the context of that short video. Thanks very much, Joanne. Yes, uh, hopefully you can hear me loud and clear, all going well. And uh, I did that a couple of weeks after I started on Dacia Today, two years ago, this, uh, this month, in fact. And I just wanted to, in some way, encapsulate the feeling I had of the importance of trust in terms of uh, independent local radio. Because obviously, having come from RTE and 22 years as the Southeast correspondent, some people were thinking, why would anybody leave RTE to, to join a radio station or to join a local radio station? Because there's still particularly within RTE, there's still a kind of a snobbery among certain people about that. And that's how radio was formed and it's about how the I suppose public service broadcasting is viewed and also the license fee but the context of that was really just about the trust that's there and all the others that have been speaking already this morning have referred consistently to that and how then one can combine that with the idea that we don't get any money for free obviously there was a, a bailout for some sections last year in terms of keeping radio going but the fact of the matter is that very few people, I think, realise that we are totally dependent still on advertising. I think there's still a disparity out there in terms of the audience that listens to radio, local radio. I think some of them think that we're supported by the government in some way. Now, there are obviously some BAI funding in terms of different sound and vision funding or whatever. But in terms of the, the basic parameters of how the organisations work. So that's what I was trying to do and trying to get at. And Combine that idea that I'm not just a, a public face. I'm somebody that will be economically very important for this radio station, but also for the people locally to make sure that we survive. And I think that's even now more critical than ever, because there's some radio stations at present losing 10,000 a month, 20,000 a month, maybe even 30,000 a month. The losses are phenomenal. So all what Brian was saying and the others were saying in terms of developing the digital strategy that's one of the reasons I just did that little video. And anything that I've done in the last two years has constantly been pushing back towards the actual program because 
that is still where the bread and butter is. I know people are talking about the power of digital and the money that we can get in from digital, but the main, main issues has to be, how do you drive people back to listen to the traditional sources where the main income still exists? Now, if any local independent radio station is making a lot of money from digital, I'd love to hear it because I don't think it's true. So until that happens, and as we're able to develop strategies, as everybody else has outlined, it has to be all the digital stuff has to show that we are about promoting our area, as they do in Kerry, and promoting the different areas. But we're driving it back to the radio station and to the programs where you can actually build the advertising around. So that's the digital strategy that I have developed in conjunction with people here. There are others then in the radio station that develop purely online promotional stuff. There's others then, for example, I would have gone out in conjunction with the sales teams and done little pieces to camera and done videos about, I suppose, businesses that are surviving. And again, some of these businesses may not be actually taking out money advertising for the program or for the station at the minute. But if it keeps them to survive and if it shows that we are actually supporting businesses in times of need, they will say, OK, let's do a little bit of advertising with WLR. Let's actually WLR is essential for our survival and to get the message out there. So you're building, I suppose, a, a suite of outlay to promote the main driver of advertising and income to the radio station at present, which is your main programs, whether it be the breakfast show, whether it be the current affairs and news show, and obviously building around uh, the 12 o'clock slot, the one o'clock slot, whatever the case may be. So it has to be very targeted and yet at the same time fluid. And to me, the trick is, and this is where we're going to be going in the next year, particularly in WLR, it's to be out and about. The resurgence of the Irish economy and the stories of survival, like literally coming out of a war zone, to get out and about and to do pieces to camera, we may not, obviously, at the minute be able to do our outside broadcasts and all the other radio stations will know this as well because of health and safety and guidelines. But the out and about is going to be crucial for radio stations across the country in reaffirming that public trust that's there. And that means going out and talking to people on the streets. It means doing the stories in the little boherines and just that feeling of the re-emerging of the economy. And I think that's where the public trust will be re-established again over the coming months, in particular over the summer months. And just reflecting everything that's there, it's, 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 it's really exciting. I think it's really exciting, but I also think it's essential for the survival of independent radio stations because we don't even have time to get into the whole idea of how public service broadcasting effectively is still not recognised in the local and independent sector. There should be money given to all that. Obviously, there's people within RT and the government that would still be against giving a tranche of money to that. Should there be an independent fund set up for public service broadcasting for independent and regional stations if RT is not going to agree to give some of their money? So many issues there. But I think that I think there's a great opportunity for those that are working in independent local radio stations to reaffirm the public service broadcasting principles, which others have outlined which effectively have kept people safe and kept people alive. All those messages about um, washing your hands and, the, and, and the, the, the trust that radio has is phenomenal. And I think we can celebrate that over the next few months in terms of the work practices we do and getting out and about. And I'm really excited about it, but it's essential as well. I don't think there's any other option because if we don't do it, 
a lot of radio stations are going to be in financial difficulty. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Be sure to jump over to the blog post associated with this podcast to download my resources. I share with you three very important studies from 2020 around radio in Ireland, from Amaric Research, from Ipsos, MRBI and Jane Lor, and also from Choose Radio. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. 